1: Is jacked up. We'll leave the screen for a bit. People can hear us, buddy Josh Engelman, Adam Share, game two, breaking down. Just the basically, I I want to say the same slate, but it's not because pitching is going to change everything here. Before we had Clayton Kershaw, Tyler Glasnow went well for the Kershaw backers, not so much for the Tyler Glasnow backers. Today we get uh, a little bit different of a setup. Tony Gonsolin opening for the Dodgers, Blake Snell going for the Rays, Snell looking like today's version of Kershaw. Adam, I'm going to throw it to you right now, but I have no idea if your audio is actually going to come through. I will learn it as you speak. Nope, it's not. <laughs> but I can, I can get to you quickly. Uh, having crazy audio issues on my end, everybody, apologies in advance. Um, for some strange reason, Bluetooth is not a thing that I have any longer, at least... <laughs> not on this desktop hence the can's cable i believe now audio works give me a test
0: so this slate is different than we're good now yeah we're all good okay yeah so it, it's different than yesterday because we're already to the point not not as much as we will be later on in the series but already to the point where we're at two starting pitchers that you're like praying they get five innings um they're in the Dodgers case, probably not. And in Snell's case, it's probably a point flip. So um, you're already at two pitchers. Like yesterday, you the the pitchers were great plays, even though they were expensive, because not only were they really good, but you knew that they were going to be allowed to go as deep as they possibly could into the game. And that's reinforced by Glass now throwing 112 pitches or whatever it was. Kershaw was going deeper into that game had the Dodgers not broken it open. Yeah. So it's different today. Now the pricing is cheaper on the pitching. So it, it, it does factor that in. Like if you gave me Blake Snell at whatever glass price was yesterday, I wouldn't be very interested, but at, at the pricing that they're at, it, it's still fine. Um, but it does change, I think the dynamics of the slate, because now, whereas yesterday we kind of went on that tangent where we were saying, you know, if you build a lineup with Clayton Kershaw in it, and then you try and build basically the same lineup, but flip Kershaw, you know, Put, play, play two different hitters than Kershaw and like your worst hitter, basically, that the projections weren't going to be remotely similar. It's a little bit different today because neither of these pitchers should or are, are particularly likely to go super deep into this game.
1: Yeah, I, the the Glass Now piece of this is driving me crazy because he was perfectly set up for a really nice outcome. And I never expected him to be even remotely close to that amount of pitches without being dominant. I didn't think it was possible for him to throw 115 pitches or whatever it was and have such a ridiculous stat line, you know, sticks earned and however many walks it ended up being, which was not a, like a, a real fun number. Really annoying because I had a ton of Clayton Kershaw, Tyler Glass now lineups didn't need the Bellinger Homer, but it was, it didn't matter all that much. And then it just kind of got gross. Um, I'm excited. I've I've got my sim run. I just picked up our projected ownership. So as you get in the door, guys, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. That's the biggest piece we've got here. That one helps us out a ton. And I'm going to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor. That would be Yahoo Sports. They are the presenting sponsor of the MLB Strategy Show every morning. We'll touch on them in a little bit. I'm loading in ownership because I want to take a peek at this stuff. And Other than... uh, I only have to fix the Kike Hernandez name, which is always a blast. How could people have... It drives me insane that people have multiple names. I, I hate it so much. It drives me... Like, it breaks everything. Literally everything. Kike Hernandez. Done. All right. I've got everything I need here. And right out of the gate, I'm getting quite a bit Blake Snell in the captain spot. So let's just start with Blake Snell overall. How do you feel about him relative to what we had yesterday? Is he going to be a guy that you expect to have in everything?
0: I don't think so. I oh, kind of okay. think, and, you know, obviously this is early in the day. I haven't run, run a bunch of crunches or anything, but I think he's projected to be over-owned. Um, this is a really inefficient pitcher facing a really good Dodgers team. You know, he, he does have good strikeout stuff. There, there's no doubt about that. But he he also walks, guys. He goes deep in the counts. You have a Dodgers team that's just full of good hitters that that will work counts and that can hit. Even their lefties, you know, hit left handed pitching well also. So um, I don't know. I think that whereas yesterday I thought Kershaw was coming in under-owned even at the um, really expensive price tag, I kind of think Snell might be coming in a little bit over-owned because, you know, on one hand he is cheap and, and that's nice. Like he's easy He's easy to fit into lineups, but – I don't know. I just, I don't love the spot for him. The Dodgers are really good. He just does not go deep in the games because he's so inefficient with his pitches. I I think that it's a lot easier today to pivot from him to bats and, you know, hope that you you get a team that goes off um, than it was yesterday.
1: Interesting. He's coming up a lot for me. Uh, Just like Kershaw yesterday in some form or fashion in everything, 30% 30% ownership in the captain spot, which I think I agree is a tad too high, but just 20 in the utility spot, to me, that is just too low. Checked out a couple props before the day started. Uh, Snell sitting at five and a half. So that felt pretty normal to me. I gave him five innings uh, you know, on my first lap through. That gave him like 5.7 strikeouts as the projection. So I felt happy with that as a baseline. And if that's the case, I think that I end up with quite a bit of Snell More so in the utility spot than the captain spot. Did we learn anything from game one? Anything that you were trying to take away just from roster construction or, I don't know, like anything in general that you take away from game one that you apply to game two?
0: Not really, um, because for one, I do think it's different with the pitching. Um, For two, I did really well yesterday, so I'm not... I don't know. I, I I feel like I didn't learn anything because what I did worked and I have no idea if that's because I played well or because I got lucky. So sure. I'm going to end up doing what I did yesterday and I still don't know any more really than I did yesterday. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that the the reason that I view Snell a little bit differently is I think if you get a home run from someone like Mookie Betts or Corey Seager or Randy Arozarena, they probably outscore Blake Snell today. I didn't think that was the case yesterday. Like if you got a home run from these guys, I still thought they would lose to Kershaw. If they didn't move on more. That makes sense. So I think that it's a lot more comparable now amongst the expensive hitters and the pitching than it was yesterday.
1: Okay. I hear you there. Um, Getting my last little update here before I could actually take a look at some of my uh, exposure. So I don't know if you saw the optimal from yesterday on DraftKings, but. Uh, Kike Hernandez in that lineup. Yeah. So you needed a bench guy. Does that change your outcome at all for today? Are you more likely to take a pinch hitter or a relief pitcher?
0: Um, Relief pitcher, maybe. That is something that I kind of was thinking about as the slate went on because, I mean, it's obvious, but it's just something I hadn't really thought through, I guess, as, as clearly as I should have, that like in baseball you can win with taking a zero from a hitter. Yeah. So... Like my my thought was kind of I don't want to mess with relief pitchers too much outside of you know the the largest field tournaments because I don't know if they're going to get into the game and they might take a zero you know blah 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 but that you know rostering a hitter doesn't guarantee you're not taking a zero either so um, getting the low ownership on relievers I think does make sense um one thing I was thinking about and I don't really know how you how how like actionable it is because of what we talked about before where with it being a single game slate, you don't want to over correlate too much. You don't want to worry about that too much. But if you were hand building like a lineup or two, it's something that I think you could keep in mind because you're trying to get really as much a, as easy a path to a win from that one or two lineups as you can. Whereas when you're playing 150, you're kind of just spraying bullets and hoping that something hits, but thinking about what relievers pitch in what types of games, like, if the Dodgers are in a close or relatively close game, they're going to prefer Baez over Kenley Jansen. Yeah. So, like yesterday, I think that if you were going to pair a reliever, a Dodgers reliever with Clayton Kershaw, for example, you would have gotten a little bit of a better correlation going with Baez than with Kenley Jansen. Um, If you were stacking the Dodgers and didn't have Kershaw, then maybe you would want Kenley Jansen because you're hoping the Dodgers just blow the game open and Kenley Jansen – pitches in a, a low leverage situation. Um so it's kind of the same thing like today, thinking about the the Rays, if Blake Snell pitches well for five innings, you're probably gonna get Nick Anderson and, and Peter Fairbanks coming in. If the Dodgers jump out to a big lead and it's not a competitive game, the Rays are probably not going to use those guys because they want them as fresh as they can be for competitive games. So again, I, I don't know how actionable it is, especially if you're playing a lot of lineups, but I do think you can think through relief pitching kind of correlations with starters if you're like hand building a lineup or two.
1: What do you so let's say we're putting people into fantasy cruncher to to run some lineups for today. What's a realistic projection for pinch hitters or relief pitchers that you could add where you expect to actually get them in crunches? Because in theory, like the actual projection you're putting in for a relief pitcher is very minimal. Just if you're thinking like percent chance that he's in the game times whatever you think a normal outcome is for an inning, it's minimal. So I assume you have to massage that a little bit to get to these guys.
0: Yeah, and I didn't do it yesterday because I wasn't too worried about it. You know, I'm was playing. i I'm playing three max in tournaments. I'm not max entering, so I didn't really care. But I, I did notice that I didn't get to relievers at all in crunchers. So I think that where I'm, I was multiplying hitter projections by like one and a half or 1.75, I would expect that I needed to multiply pitcher projections by like two or something or relief pitcher projections by like two or something like that. You know, get them from two points to four or five Okay, for for it to work. And if you're doing it with bench players I think that's the case as well but one thing to keep in mind too is that with the pinch hitters like yesterday it was really really obvious you were going to get either Kike Hernandez or AJ Pollock at least one of the two uh pinch hitting because unless the game really got out of hand and there was no matching up going on Jock Peterson wasn't getting it at bat after um Kershaw no after Glass now left the game like, the the Rays even put another lefty on their active roster, lefty reliever on their active roster for this reason. So um, you knew that one of those guys was getting, in at, was getting at least one, maybe two at-bats. Um, today, you know, maybe a little bit different. Like, you look at the, the Dodgers, you assume they're going to have Pollock and Kike in the lineup. You know, maybe they pinch hit for Kike late with Jock Peterson. Maybe they don't. Um, they're probably not pinch hitting for A.J. Pollock, even against a righty. So yeah. it's a little bit different because I don't think that the pinch hit the, the pinch hitters are quite as guaranteed as they were yesterday. On the other side, you have Gonsolin going for the Dodgers, so I don't expect that you even have Hunter Renfro in the lineup. And who knows if they if he gets into that late in the game or not? So I do think it's worth considering from a st- from a probability standpoint. Like yesterday, you absolutely knew you were getting pinch hitters for Hunter Renfro and for Jock Peterson, or at, at, you know at least if the game was relatively competitive today i'm not really sure that there's anyone that is is a lock to be pinch hit for in like the sixth inning
1: i think this one's going to be tricky tonight so i think that we should take a little bit of a look at some of the ownership that we're getting and i mentioned before blake snell 30 percent in the captain spot the next closest guy is 11 and a half austin meadows and then basically everybody else is somewhere in like the one to five range all things considered how do you want to approach rostering hitters uh, at the captain spot? Is that sort of spray and pray, or do you have an actual focus?
0: It is, um, but also one thing I noticed yesterday was that, and again, it's, it, yesterday was a different slate because of Kershaw being expensive and the priority on Kershaw. Yeah. But yeah. yesterday I was getting to a lot of cheap hitter captains. The, I got second in the $150 yesterday with Kevin Kiermaier and captain. And it kind of reminded me of the approach I take often in NFL showdown, where I pay down at captain, hope that my guy just houses a touchdown, because my flex players are like the five best plays on the slate. And if my cheap guy scores, I'm in really, really good shape. That's kind of what my lineups yesterday reminded me of in tournaments was hopefully the cheap batter does well. In this case, Kiermaier did well. I also had Yandi Diaz um, as as captain. And you know, then I have Mookie Betts, I have Kershaw, I have the really good players at Flex because I can afford them. Today, I think it might be a little bit easier to get those actual good hitters at captain because, like I said, I don't think that getting to either of the pitchers is as much of a priority. And even if you do want to get to Snell, he's just less expensive than Kershaw was. So it'll be easier, I think, to build a lineup where you say where you play, let's say, Mookie Betts at, at captain than it was yesterday. Because if you were playing Mookie at captain yesterday, you were pretty much either giving up Kershaw or you were playing relievers and bench players. So... Um I think getting to good hitters at captain will be a bit easier today.
1: Yeah, that that's where it gets tricky for me. Like I had Mookie Betts show up at 2% in the sim, but, but it's not like that's crazy. I, I don't know how to find the the proper separation for hitters. Um because everybody seems similar. Like I got 2.2% right. Mookie Betts, he's projected for 3.6. The margins there are not all that interesting. Um you know, someone like what would be another example? Like a Rosa Rainier. I mean that's a guy that I'll I find like really, really difficult to get to. Same thing for Corey Seager. Same thing, you know, in a way for Mookie Betts, um, although I think it's a little bit different for today. How can we approach building out lineups with expensive hitters, knowing that they're always going to be projected similarly I mean worse, I guess, than the pitcher. That that's where it gets confusing to me. Like, who's a better play today, Mookie Betts or Tony Gonsolin? Betts six hundred dollars more expensive. Mookie. Okay.
0: That's also because I don't expect Gonsolin to go deep into this game whatsoever.
1: So I gave him three innings. Um, feels about right. I mean, like yeah, I
0: would say two or two or three is my guess.
1: All depends on the success, like. Well, I, mean, not, I mean, I not don't entirely, think those. Right. Like, like, well, if it's going well, I think three is like perfect. Yeah. 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 I don't think it can become like six or anything right. That, like that's that. what I
0: was saying. Like he can pitch as good as he wants. I don't think he's going six innings.
1: Yeah. Like if it's going well, he's going to take a single lap through the order. I would right. imagine.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for like, look at last series with the Braves, you know, you had AJ Minter who had not started a game since like 2015 when he was in college go three innings because he was just lights out and it was like, yeah, okay, we'll give him three. So yeah, I, I agree. He can do that. I was saying, you know, I don't think he's going five or six. He threw 41 pitches three days ago.
1: Does it matter to you? So let's, let's just use those guys as, as an example, bets, 22% owned in the utility Gonsolin 24, essentially the same captain ownership. You would in theory be more interested in bets than Gonsolin.
0: Yeah. I think Bets just has the higher ceiling. I mean, if Gonsolin somehow gets to a home run worth of points, I would be surprised. And I don't think he's getting much more than a home run worth of points. Whereas, you know, bats hits a home run, steals a base. I don't think Gonsolin can get there.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I um, calling. No, not interested. Whoever you are. Any bats that immediately stand out to you that you think are just clearly under-owned or guys that you want to focus on given the matchup?
0: Uh, so as far as value goes, I mean, Kiermaier's 4K. I, I would assume you're getting to him in cash lineups at the very least. Yeah. Um, You know, at the same time, he's a 50% owned hitter. I don't know how necessary he is today, considering you don't have like a Kershaw to pay for. Um, But, you know, I think that's a, a really good value, obviously. You still have a really cheap price tag on um, Margot at 5,200. If Yandi Diaz is in the lineup, he's sub 5K. So there there's still value there from the Tampa side. Um but again, you know, I just like to back back to your point about, you know, like the the chances of success for the hitter as a captain, I, I think it's tricky because at the, the best hitters obviously can just score zero really easily. And so yeah. the when, when you look at the at projections or you, you think about range of outcomes, it's really easy to see how any one hitter fails because, you know, Mookie Bats can give you a zero a captain and your, your pitcher is probably not going to. But I think it's just really important to think in terms of, of ceiling also and and kind of embrace the volatility there because, you know, Mookie Bats can pretty easily just score 30 points for you a captain. And I would be shocked if either pitcher gets there today. Shock might be a little strong. I'd be shocked if Gonsolin got there. Um I'd be surprised if Snell got there.
1: If Tony Gonsolin gets the 30 fantasy well, points. 30, 30
0: captain. So oh, okay. 20. I mean, he'd have to strike out like seven out of nine, probably. Yeah. yeah, that would be. They'd have
1: to leave him in longer, like longer than we well, would. Well, I, I think Min- too.
0: Minter scored twenty. I think in the game where he went okay. three innings and struck out like seven guys. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, so like so last night
1: we had Brandon Lau, Willie Adamus, Renfro, Barnes, Jock
0: Zanino, all hang zeros. Yeah, uh, Rosarania
1: Diaz two and
0: three. So, it's it's tough because it, it goes back to your point. Of baseball not being normally distributed. Like, you yeah. can't look at the projection and, and treat it the same as you would in, like, basketball, for example, because one swing from Mookie Betts and he hits Blake Snell's average projection. Yep. But at the same time, <clears throat> there's gonna be, you know, what, 25, 30% of games where he gets a zero. So I think I, I'd said it yesterday and I, I do stand by this. Like, in tournaments, you should be waiting, you should probably be waiting ownership a little bit more than you normally would. Um, or at least just as much as you would. Like, definitely shouldn't be, like, caring too much about mean projections in tournaments here. Uh,
1: Just to let you know, since you and I talked about this slate a lot, uh, not just on the show, but post-show, 100% Blake Snell is happening again in my utility. So (laughs) just be prepared for that sort of same outcome when you start your crunches. Uh, And then it's a ton of Margot and... I'm getting to a lot of Austin Meadows in the captain spot, which I hate. Is there an upper bounds for your captain hitter spot to you? Like to me, I would never want like 50% of someone unless the price is broken. That seems like a really, to to thread that needle on, oh, this is the guy that has the disparate outcome to everything else. Do Do you have any thoughts on like hitter caps for captain spots? Utility a little bit different.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that you wouldn't want it to get, you know, too crazy. Looking back at what I would have had yesterday if I played 150 lineups, it uh, looks like my highest own would have been like 31% Yandy Diaz, which I'd have been fine with because, you know, again, you don't necessarily need the highest scorer at captain. Right. You, it, it matters what it gets you in the rest of your lineup as well. And he was a really good combination of a, a chance to do well. Like he does have power. He can hit. And he let me get Kershaw plus Betts or Kershaw plus Glass now or Kershaw plus Bellinger, whatever. So getting to a lot of him made sense. And then I kind of looked through the rest, you know, 10% Manny Margot, uh 9% Mookie. So that's just a completely different build. Um, you know, 8% Renfro, 5% Peterson, 7% Kiermaier. So it was a lot of yesterday, you know, paying down a captain. And so I don't I don't think that the 30% for Yandi was too much mm-hmm. just because it got me a lot of, you know, really high upside lineups. But, you know, I, I wouldn't want to. It, it's different than like football where you're going to be pretty comfortable just jamming in in some spots, you know, 75% of some running back because right. he's going to get 20 catches and 10 targets or whatever.
1: Yeah. I'm assuming captain ownership we're basically going to be treating like it's normal main slate stuff where you're probably not getting super concentrated on any individual hitter on a on a big like a 10 gamer the chances of you having like 60 percent of a hitter is going to be pretty low
0: Uh, yeah and and one thing i did in cruncher to help out with that is i didn't set any exposure caps for flex players i kind of just you know i set randomness and i let it run and it it did fine but i went and i looked at our projected captain ownership and then i just capped every hit every player. Right around their, you know, kind of rounded, just, you know, 30, 20, 10, basically, but just capped guys at their projected captain number and then ran crunches. Okay. So, not saying that they're going to be capped there in my lineups because I, I create many more lineups than I play, but that way I'm not getting Cruncher giving me 75% Clayton Kershaw captain because that's how he projects.
1: That makes some sense. Um, guys, I want to touch on a couple of the things going on around these parts today. First and foremost, another giveaway. Head to the at Osimo underscore com Twitter account. Easy peasy so far, right? Right. All you have to do is check out the pinned tweet, which is a giveaway for tonight's game, game two. So we're, we're sticking in the baseball realm. All you have to do, reply to that tweet. We'll fo- follow the directions in the graphic first and foremost. That That should be the first thing that you do. You have to predict how many hits the Dodgers will have tonight. If you get that number correct and you follow all of the other rules that are in the, the graphic, you can win a year of Osmo Plus MLB. It'll be a random drawing for everybody that gets that result correct, but you can win a year. That is a gigantic value. And it's, so let's say that it gets activated for the 22nd of October. You would have it until the 22nd of October, 2021. You get the full year, 365 days of MLB Plus MLB. Platinum Pass, it's a three hundred and twenty dollar value. I recommend going to check it out. If you're just looking for free content today at awesomeo.com. NFL lineup builder, free. MLB rankings, free. PGA top golfers, free. A lot of good stuff today. You can find that all at awesomeo.com. You're looking to take in some content. We've got four more shows going on today. Eleven a.m. So immediately after this one, NFL strategy show with Laffy, Matt, and Kyle will be breaking down the entire NFL slate. MLB live before lock at 7.15 Eastern Time. That'll be Jake and Terry again. We're not done yet, though. Two more shows after that. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. PGA live before lock. Ben Raza, Jason Roslin, talking Zoizo Championship. And then finally, at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, MMA live before lock. Jason and Pete breaking down the UFC pay-per-view for this weekend. Khabib, Justin Gaethje, it's gonna be a big one. I'm excited. We're gonna have a ton of content going on for MMA this weekend. Saturday's gonna be a big one. Does that Go really check.
0: start at 10:30 a.m. Saturday? The pay
1: per view, yeah. Because main, okay. main card so starts at the, like three, I think.
0: I, okay, I, I think the main card starts at two. That sounds right to me. And that's what I've been seeing, but I just assumed that it was the like hobby time two. No, And then uh, uh, I looked at the uh, early prelims
1: at 10:30 a.m. Okay, pay per view card starts at two.
0: Yeah, I was looking at the DraftKings. Uh, like tournaments and stuff today and i was like oh 10 i guess i'm waking up on saturday to watch mma
1: it's gonna be great it's gonna be so much fun
0: well so i like fun. it too because i never get around to starting on football until mma ends and so when that's at like one in the morning it's really annoying but having mma out of the way will be nice
1: one last call guys hit that like button it helps us out a ton but subscribe to the channel that helps us out even more If I'm looking at ownership right now, guys that stand out to me, Zanino looks to be a bit under-owned in the utility spot as far as I'm concerned. Fully unowned in the captain spot. He's the type of guy that I think would be interesting there um, just because when he's successful, it is likely home runs. Um, What do you think of Meadows at 12% in the captain spot? Is that just naturally too high? It's what I got in the sim, but... It feels weird to see. I mean, I guess the the weird part is that he's 8,700 in the captain spot.
0: Right. That's the thing. I think it seems about right because he accomplishes pretty much everything that I was talking about when I was talking about my hitter captain exposures yesterday. He's cheap, so he's going to let you get whatever else you want in the rest of your lineup. He's extremely good. So it's not like you're sacrificing your upside there at, at you know hitter he may not be Mookie Betts in terms of talent or probability of succeeding but he's got a ton of power and he can very easily be the highest scoring hitter on on the slate um like out of the Tampa guys you would expect him to be the highest scoring hitter really so it's I think I think it's just a mispricing and and it's pretty much where it should be
1: okay I I'm with you I don't really understand how he can be that price um it makes him look like the best captain option, in my opinion, and I'm going to have to deal with that in some way. don't know what that way is quite yet. Yeah, I, no matter what I do, no matter how I rank these lineups, no matter what I click on here, Blake Snell is not 100% of everything that I'm doing, whether that's I'll, at the captain spot I, or like the... I upcoming. said, I haven't
0: run mine yet, but I'd be surprised if I had that problem today. I think I just bump hitters enough that it kicks Snell out of something. Like, I'm going to end up in my in cruncher, and when I choose my lineups, I'm gonna end up with guys like Mookie projected higher than Snell.
1: Um Yeah, I had man, that'd be it's gonna I have I have Snell for fifteen right now. Um uh, Mookie a bit less than that.
0: So I'm guess I think Mookie I'll end up with around fifteen or sixteen. So like it's gonna I think just kind of
1: That's a big number, man.
0: Yeah, I multiply my hitters.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm doing the, you know, 1.5 math here, too. But that still feels high. I mean, I get it. I understand where you're coming from there. I just, I look at that Blake Snell number of 20% projected ownership in the utility spot, and I just can't see a scenario where that is. 50% ownership to Blake Snell just seems incorrect to me. The same way that it felt yesterday.
0: I don't know. I don't think he's... I mean, he's got a brutal matchup. He's been, all season long, literally incapable of making it, of not using 105 pitches to throw four or five innings. Is that a problem, though? I mean, I know what you're you're saying, but, like,
1: I don't care how efficient he is. I just care that he doesn't get blown up.
0: I mean, the reason he's inefficient is because he also walks guys and puts guys on base and then doesn't get deep into the game and he's facing a ridiculously good team. I expect they'll have a shorter leash on him. than They they did glass now because they saved the bullpen yesterday. They're down one game They're I, I don't think they're leaving Snell out there to find out what happens on pitch 108 or 109. Like I am very concerned. He doesn't go more than four or five innings.
1: Okay. So let's have this conversation then. What do you think you need from Snell for him to be a relevant pitcher for today? And two, shit I think I lost my second question go ahead with that first one and I'll see if I can remember whatever I was trying to think about
0: I think you need him around his projection you know if he if he gets you 14 or 15 that's fine you know you're okay. probably you know like yesterday it it would have played yesterday um it wouldn't have been perfect because you had so many hitters do well but there would have been some good lineups with 15 points from Blake Snell um but you know if he comes south of that I think that you're probably in trouble because I just think there's going to be I, I guess not more offense than yesterday, because obviously there was a ton of offense yesterday. I, I think that it's more likely that there is offense today than it was yesterday. You know, obviously it ended up happening yesterday, but I think that the probability going into the game is higher today than yesterday of there being very good bats that you need. So I, I think that you know again, if if Snell hits 15 points at his salary, chances are all of the offense doesn't come from expensive bats. So Snell ends up fitting in the lineups well. But I think that if he comes a bit shy of his projection, not only does that mean that the Dodgers probably are doing well, the bats, but it also I think will be tougher for him to get into lineups. Whereas yesterday I thought if Kershaw came in a little bit shy, you know, instead of getting 21 points, got 17, he's probably still going to be one of the best plays.
1: So based on ownership, 50 50 shot for Snell you know he's 50 percent owned is the likelihood then or are you comfortable with six hitter lineups or is this now the perfect opportunity to get that reliever given that ownership
0: I think relievers are fine and I think six hitter lineups are fine especially in tournaments you know and to be clear in cash I haven't built my lineup but I fully expect it has Blake Snell in it um just because of the floor but in tournaments, I don't really have a problem with six hitter lineups today because I think that when you look at the Dodgers, Gonsolin is you know again probably going to go two or three innings, so it's really easy to see how he's just mediocre. Then you have Dustin May and Julio Urias both available, so one of but but they're both uh, well I know Urias is so I'm not actually sure what May's price is, um, but they're they're Urias at least is expensive enough that you would need him to actually be good over like three innings to to want him in your lineup. So I think it's really easy. My my point being, it's really easy, I think, to see how there's no pitcher from the Dodgers that you have to have. So mm-hmm. that basically leaves Blake Snell as the guy that you're, you're scared of meeting. And I don't think it's a lock that you need him. So I think that whereas yesterday I had zero lineups with six hitters. I think I'd have some today. I'm going to have at this rate, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin May ninety four hundred. So I mean, he's ninety four. Julio Urias is ninety eight. They're expensive enough to where you pro- you probably need them to give you like two to three good innings.
1: Or, mm, yeah, I mean, at that point, well, I guess their ownership is going to be next to nothing, um which is helpful. That those price tags don't help, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're guys that maybe I would get to if I'm playing one hundred and fifty lineups. I would bet a lot that I don't come close to touching them in my three max stuff. Okay.
1: Anything else you're seeing right now running any dummy crunches, anybody popping up that you think is interesting? You seeing anything different? No, not really. Yeah. I'm having so much trouble getting away from Snell. It's crazy. He's going to get bombed tonight. I know it. (laughs) I'll be done immediately. We the first inning, bets will take him yard. Whoever the hell hits second, I'll take him yard, and I'll just be dead in the water. Uh Any natural cash plays that you see, we didn't really touch on that too much yesterday. Uh Yeah, what stands out most to you there from a cash perspective?
0: Um, so yesterday's projections, I think, are loaded into Cruncher right now. Um, but maybe I just need to manually. change. Yeah, it keeps resetting to yesterday, so. Um, can't crunch yet, but um, is it working for you?
1: Cruncher? Yeah.
0: Let me look. Okay, I thought you'd already run some. I did. Okay, yeah, because now it's just giving me yesterday, and if I even manually change the date, it just goes back to yesterday.
1: FCMLB.
0: Yeah. But Not anyway, sure. um, just from looking at pricing, I think that Heremeyer will be really useful. I think Austin Meadows, again, is just clearly underpriced at 5800 snell will be really easy to get into lineups um so i I would think that those are probably the starting points um like if you put those guys in at flex it leaves you with nine thousand eight hundred and sixty six per position if you make snell the captain you still have 8,100 per position, so I, I would guess that you're doing something like Snell captain, Kiermaier Meadows, and then filling out the rest.
1: Well, two of the, all three of those things are very, very prevalent in my top-ranked lineups. Um, Margot, pretty high up there. Willie Adamas, pretty high up there. Brandon Lau up there. And then it seems like a rotation through of the expensive guys, which was not the case yesterday, or, although I guess it kind of was, and it was just glass now. Uh, but, like, f- the guys that I'm seeing just in my highest-ranked lineups, Betts, Bellinger, Turner, Donsolin, um and if I see anybody else's name, Max Muncie a little bit. So, it doesn't look like the two-pitcher lineup is going to be essential from a cash game perspective, and it looks like you can get to one of the, quote-unquote, good bats at the top. That would, uh, I the the lineup that I have at the top right now, I would be expect to be my cash lineup, and that actually has Mookie bets in it.
0: Yeah, so the one I'm building by hand, I'm a hundred short of what would almost definitely be my cash lineup. So, well, I don't I think it's going to gonna be your cash lineup plan. then. No, but I, I mean, unless it, you've got some it,
1: weird uh, ek ability to get extra money, which would yeah. be incredibly lucrative.
0: It's the I, I think it's the right construction. It's just figuring out how to make it work. But I went, I I put in Snell captain. Betts meadows kiermaier margot ideally i'd get to will smith but he's a hundred dollars more um so i don't know if maybe i have to just drop mookie to like turner or something but
1: it so bets is there and brandon Lau becomes the okay the optimal for me oh yeah
0: um, i guess that yeah that works perfectly fine yeah
1: i mean that also leaves you 500 dollars in salary which i don't love but i also don't think it matters And I haven't looked to see if there's like a natural upgrade to Lao. Like this is what I got generated from setting two uniques and a bunch of randomness and generating a GPP crunch. That is not the same thing as generating a cash crunch for me. So Lao could just be upgraded by $500 and I just don't know what it is yet because I haven't looked. But, But Snell, Captain, I don't really see a way around from a cash perspective. That'll be tough.
0: Yeah. I mean, just from thinking about the floor, I don't really know. Like like, since you can build such a good lineup, you know, like we just said, you can, you can obviously debate over which hitters should be in it, but but playing Snell at captain still gives you access to Mookie Betts, Austin Meadows, um, you know, plenty Brandon Lau, like really good hitters. Yeah. So there's no real reason in cash to be foregoing the floor that a starting pitcher gives you to play a hitter that can very easily get zero. Yeah,
1: that that's where it gets really scary because if Blake Snell goes for fifteen. Like you're feeling pretty good in cash. yeah. Just right out of the gate. You just need your five other guys to not be completely dead in the water.
0: Hoping that guy that took my 109 and played six hitters yesterday does that again today.
1: Well, today it'll make a little bit more sense at least.
0: Yeah, he did almost come back and beat me.
1: <laughs> we did talk about that yesterday. So I have my crunch up here now, generically sorted. A lot of Blake Snell clear across the board. Meadows and Margot, the two primary captain options I don't like the construction very minimal amounts of a Rosarania very minimal amounts of Corey Seager I don't I don't mind it I understand why it happens it just confuses me a little bit to cheer against like for goes yard okay here's a good question let let's say a Rosarania hits a solo home run you know that he has that and does nothing else you think he's in the optimal
0: yeah probably like if he's not pricing's cheap enough today that if he's not in the optimal it means that this game just went nuts right
1: yeah yeah, i guess the the you know if it's if that's the only run of the game then yeah he's in the optimal
0: well like like yesterday i think it would have been closer because a rosarena can hit the home run but his salary prohibits you, let's say, from getting Kershaw and Glass now, and there's a really good chance that you need both of Kershaw and Glass now. And if anybody um, else right.
1: has a solo home run below that price tag, right. they're it, immediately it better. Right.
0: Yeah. But today, I think that it's, it's unlikely, I think, that both pitchers are in the optimal, or that there's two pitchers in the optimal, um, unless you know one's a reliever. And so I think that getting it, if you could lock in a home run from anybody, I think you would take them regardless of salary yeah. because it's not really going to restrict what you do with the rest of your lineup.
1: This will be a fun conversation here. Antoine Murphy says, a Rosarena auto play. I think that he might be the worst play on the slate. <laughs> um, Other than like guys that I don't know if they're playing. Of I starters, think I'd rather play it. He showed I mean, up least in my sim.
0: I, I, I get your point because he's going to come in behind like, if you're paying up, he's going to come in behind like Mookie. Yeah. I, I think I would probably prefer a Rosarena over like Muncie by maybe a little bit
1: and like i'm splitting hairs here mookie Seeger, muncie a wendell all in like the 15 to 20 range this is we're talking margins you know a a different projection system moves those guys around in order at the very least it's not like they make one better than the other by a mile but they're all pretty similar relative to their salary uh that's where it gets tricky because it's just so hard to have him be in an optimal lineup at that price tag Given the people around him, he, then he has to beat Betts. He has to beat Corey Seeger. You probably need to hope that Blake Snell doesn't pitch very well, which is not ideal. Like, I don't want to say not ideal, but like there's no relationship between Snell and a Rosa Rania other than a win bonus for Snell. And then I just get guys like Blake Snell at 60% in the utility. I'm going to have all the Blake Snell again. I'm just putting that out there now since you and I aren't on another show. We've got 15 minutes to go. Well, we have 15 minutes until 11 o'clock where the NFL shows up. Do we have any questions in chat right now? Well, while you guys are here, there's 140 of you, 44 likes. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you guys have any questions for the next you know, two or three minutes, we'll try to answer anything you have, and then uh, we'll get out of here and turn it over to the football guys. Slack chat popping off right now. It's always great. 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Let's see. No questions. <laughs> if Snell's in, I assume they're today. That's not a question for this. That's not a question for this. That's not a question. Do you think Barnes catches today? No. Or do you think Barnes plays today? I, I would say no, but he's in the projected lineup that I used. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which I'm realizing now.
0: Well, I mean, I guess... Actually, against the lefty, um, probably. I don't know if he catches or DHs, but... Right. Yeah, that's... He's probably in the lineup, and then probably gets... Or maybe gets pinch hit for later. All
1: right, here we go. We got, we got a couple of questions. We'll try to get through them. Thoughts on Pollock. He came out under his projected ownership right now, so I'm a, I would be a little lighter on him. He's the... If, if, if I had these correct, li- like these lineups are correct, he's the third cheapest Dodger and would be the fourth most expensive Ray.
0: Line-up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a- everything with hitters, for the most part, is going to come down to ownership. Um, Pollock certainly fits that because from a pricing standpoint, you can just make better plays. Like you can get the Brandon Lau um Austin Meadows is so much cheaper Manny Margot is so much cheaper so he's not someone that's going to like filter into your lineups based on optimal projection but that will naturally drive down ownership so um if his ownership's low like he's a good enough hitter like you're going to get to him but he's not someone I'd be looking at in optimals.
1: the next one Kiermeyer at captain worked last night
0: (laughs) I don't yeah I don't think it's as good a play tonight as it was last night agreed um. Oh, uh, I still think it's a good play, but it's. It, I mean, I think it's fine because I don't think it really matters. But
1: every one of the hitters is all like they're all ninety percent plus to not be the captain. Right, like you're going to fail pretty much all the
0: time. Which is, yeah, tough. I mean, I'm building a lineup now by hand just to see if Kiermaier at captain is actually something that like is beneficial, or if it's just like forcing me to play the most expensive guys
1: highest ranked one I have is Kiermaier, Kike, Meadows, Gonsolin, Snell, Betts and that would not make my cut
0: I mean yes, yeah, so you can make like a good lineup the one I just kind of clicked in was Kiermaier at captain with Snell, Betts, Turner, Smith, Margot, that's a lineup that I like um, but you know again you can just drop Blake Snell or something or one of those other guys and then upgrade Kiermaier pretty easily
1: Have too many Kiermaier lineups like this. Kiermaier, Margot, Turner, Bellinger, Gonsal, and Snell. That'd fun. I don't know. Uh, best hitter on the Rays. I mean, it's got to be Meadows. Yeah. I don't know how it isn't Meadows. Yeah. His price is just
0: broken. Like, he's probably the best hitter on the Rays, and he's definitely the most favorably priced of the possible best hitters on the Rays.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm a fan of a and all, but, uh, the momentum taking his salary thirty eight hundred dollars north of Austin Meadows is aggressive.
0: Yeah, like he's you you can think that he's just a really good player and that he's better than you know the steamer projections and whatever he gave him. That's fine, but the chances of him being this good are very low. The most likely outcome is that he's between what he's doing now and what he was quote unquote supposed to be. Yeah. Um. In which case he's overpriced right now. Meanwhile, you have a guy in Meadows who has proven that he's an above average major league hitter and he's $5,800. So like, I think that if you're just looking for the most talented hitter on the Rays, you're looking at Lau, Rosarena, and Meadows, and Meadows is almost 2K cheaper than Lau, who's 2K cheaper than Rosarena.
1: Final question coming in. Antoine Murphy, and I think it's a decent one, given the way that we need to think about this slate. Assuming Kiermaier is a popular utility, could Jock as a pinch hitter be a pivot?
0: Yeah. I mean yeah again it's something that i would consider more in large fields because in smaller fields i don't need to get the five percent owned guy i can just pivot to the guy slightly less owned than kiermaier but it's pretty likely i mean it's relatively likely that kiermaier gets zero points despite getting four at bats or whatever so there's plenty of times where peterson doesn't even get in the game and he scores enough he scores the same amount of points as kiermaier and same amount
1: of points he had yesterday
0: yeah exactly um Mm. And so yeah, I think it's it's fine. That's kind of what I was that's kind of what I was alluding to when I said that I didn't think it through all the way yesterday in that there's such a high percentage of the time that your guy gets four at bats and still gets zero that it was a little more reasonable than I was thinking originally to use a pinch hitter or to use a relief pitcher. Um, the one caveat I would say is that, you know, again, this isn't quite the same as yesterday in terms of pinch hit probabilities. I think it's relatively likely Peterson gets in at that but it's not quite the same because you basically knew if the Rays brought in a lefty, Peterson was out. Yep. Um, there's still times potentially where, like, I, I don't know that they would pinch it for Pollock, period. They probably will pinch it. Like, they'll pinch it for Kike if there's a righty coming in. They probably would pinch it for Barnes. And so um, much one, of it depends on even the even actual
1: situation own. of the game, too. Like, if it's two on with – or two outs and nobody right. on – you don't need to do that as much as it's second and third, no outs, and you get the platoon advantage.
0: Right. One thing to keep an eye on if you're thinking about pinch hitters, um, so if you assume that Will Smith and Austin Barnes are both in the lineup, if Austin Barnes is the catcher, there's a lower probability he's getting pinch hit for than if he's the DH. Because if they pinch hit for him at catcher, that means they have to move Will Smith to catcher, which means they lose their designated hitter. If Barnes starts as the DH, they can just pinch hit for Barnes. I don't have anything else, do you? So one kind of side note that I noticed in cash games yesterday, and a lot of good players did it, but I thought it was a mistake. Um, And and it's one of those things that it's a very small, minor mistake that isn't likely to cost you um, any one day, but I just thought it was something that should have have been thought through and was like a, a minor edge. Thinking about pinch hitting when you're making cash lineups and looking at, you know, like, medium projections you have two lineups that are close side by side i thought it was a mistake yesterday to play the lineups that had peterson and renfro over lineups that had guys that were going to get four at bats um you know assuming they projected relatively similarly because there was just such a good uh, a high probability that the peterson renfro lineups that were really popular we're going to just not have two guys playing by the sixth inning
1: so the question then becomes what do you think of those projections because in theory that should just be already in there
0: Well, I think, I mean, there's no difference between a lineup projecting for 72.8 and 72.4. Oh, yeah, yeah, Right. That I agree with. And and, But I think there's a tendency to just, you know, and and I've said it before, too, because, you know, people talk on shows about, oh, he's a cash play. And it's like one of my biggest pet peeves because it's the stupidest thing ever because your cash pool really should not be very big. It's basically just your top projected lineups, more or less. Who who are your top value plays?
1: Who's probably highly owned? That's your cash bucket.
0: Right. Um. So, but, but I do think that it's worth, it's worth noting that doesn't mean that you have to play your actual optimal, you know, that's your yeah. optimal by two tenths of a point or whatever. I, I thought there were a lot of good players that played it yesterday. It was a two V two between mine and, and theirs where they went Peterson Renfro, which was one of my top lineups also. And I went Brandon Lau and I don't oh Kiermaier. Um, so, you know, obviously my side worked because of Kiermaier, but the entire reason I chose it was that, I was pretty confident I was getting maximum at bats from Lau and Kiermeyer and getting half as many at bats from Peterson and Renfro, which, you know, again, in any one given day, it's probably not going to make the difference or, or it's a coin flip. It's close to a coin flip. But I think that if you play that a, like a thousand times, you do get an edge there by prioritizing the very similarly projected lineup that's going to get the most at bats.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think in those cases, you sort of need, like I said, all of my plate appearances. Automatically, there's I estimate however many plate appearances I expect from the leadoff hitter. There's a descending order, you get slightly less for every batting order spot, it's all automatic. But for someone like Jock yesterday, I don't think that he should be projected at a hundred percent of whatever you would expect. It should be like 70. So then, if the projection system is taking account of that, I like it. I would guess most don't. Well, so, so here's the thing,
0: too, and I guess I'm kind sure of Alex, why... th- I
1: have no doubt Alex does.
0: So, why I I would prefer the the side even like even if the projection system is accounting for that, which they should be, um, and, and let's say you're accounting for that, it still projects Peterson Renfro side a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. The reason I still prefer the other side is the floor. It, it's basically floor. Like the floor is obviously zero for any hitter, yeah. but. Peterson and Renfro, even if you account for their pinch hit probabilities are going to project well, because they do so much damage per at bat. So there's a good chance that in their two at bats or three at bats or whatever, they double or hit a home run or whatever, like, so that's going to drive the projection up. But when you're thinking about floor, you would, you just have a better chance of getting off zero, if you get one or two more at bats. So it's kind of like in football, where you might get a slightly higher projected lineup. And it's a mistake that I made a stupid mistake. I made cash this week. And I wrote about in my lineup review article that I did, but you might get a slightly higher projected lineup by using some shitty player and a really good player, but you're putting yourself in a position where the really good player has to reach expectation or do better. Otherwise you're going to have been better off playing the two solid players that, you know, equal the same salary. So it's kind of the same thing for me where I, I, don't necessarily you do want to think about range of outcomes in this case at bats um, amongst similarly projected lineups
1: that's good man it's always nice to hear hear someone talk about this more so than just uh these are my picks uh we, we hope that we're giving you a little bit more strategy for these past for yesterday for today um Because, at at least for baseball, it's really difficult to just say, I like Muncie, I like Bellinger, I like Turner. These guys are all going to look really, really similar from a baseball perspective. So, understanding the construction of your lineup, a lot more important than just uh, jamming in the plays, so to speak. And that's all we've got. 1057, we got to get out of here. NFL Strategy Show coming up right now. So Thank you, guys. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Enter the giveaway at awesomeo dot, no, at awesomeo.com, which is a Twitter account, not awesomeo.com, which is the website that you should go to, slash join, and come uh, hang out with us permanently. Come to Slack. It's fun. We're out of here. Good luck tonight. Peace.